Yeah, obviously we're excited. Great time of the year. Baseball is back, uh, which means the weather is warming up. Uh, a lot of optimism around the program and within our team. So uh, anxious to get on the field on Friday and see what it looks like against somebody else. David, of course, lead it off. Marco, you've always mentioned since you've been here the, the pressure that comes with this job. Considering the way last season ended, is there anything extra added to your play? I mean, how do you handle that on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, the only way you handle pressure uh, for coaches, for players, for anybody in any profession that, that where there's scrutiny or it's tough is you just put your head down and you work. You focus on the things you can control and that you can have an impact on, and you let everything else just be what it is. And so that's the message to the team. That's the message that we have as coaches is just do your job and then however things are supposed to be they'll be that's the bottom line mark are you able to share the opening day lineup at this point no not yet colin <laughs> and uh i think i think you know there's obviously there's a lot of speculation and a lot of predictions um i will say probably a lot of the predictions are, are fairly accurate um but we're still we still have a couple positions where i would say that there could be could be platoons so i don't think it's fair to say this is our lineup when the lineup on saturday could be a little bit different than the lineup on friday and you opted for Jack in that Sunday role. What did you see from him through the fall and this preseason that leads you to believe he is the Sunday guy? And how confident are you in his first start? Back? Yeah, we've seen we've seen good progress out of Jack. I don't think he's still to the point where he's going to be. Uh, maybe at midseason, he's still as a, as a guy coming off the surgery. He still has improvement uh, in front of him and has some things that he can get better. Um, but. His last outing was was pretty impressive. He, he gave up no runs in our last inner squad that he pitched. He was up to 97 miles an hour. And we know he's a competitor. We know he's a gamer. We know how much he cares about his team. Uh, and he cares about all the right things. So we just felt like the right thing to do was to reward him with that start. And as we'll tell the guys you know, today in our team meeting, and uh, whether it's pitchers or hitters, everything we do right now, everybody's roles are their current roles, not necessarily their permanent roles, because uh, you've got to earn it every day. And so guys that, that are given opportunities early uh, don't need to take them for granted. They need to take them and run with them, uh, because everything we do is what we think currently, um, but very few things are permanent. You started to touch on it there, but you have eight games in 10 days to, to start the season. How do you balance your, your pitching staff? Do you go in thinking you have a couple of midweek starters for for next week or just how do you go about spreading out innings yeah well we know who the, who's starting the first three games uh the, the midweek games after that will be dependent a lot upon how we use guys this weekend out of the bullpen obviously hicks is in contention there jersenbeck is in contention there becker jones those guys are in contention as guys that could be swing type guys as key bullpen guys or midweek starters at this point so uh, that's kind of how we'll approach it and the guys we think maybe are most likely to start Tuesday, Wednesday. We probably try to get them in the game earlier in the weekend if possible. Um, but still, you can't worry about Tuesday or Wednesday before you take care of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, you know, there's a balancing act there. With Mahoney coming off of an injury, how has him switching to be a full-time pitcher helped his development and rehab? I think it just has given him a chance to really focus on one thing, and that's being the best pitcher he can be. Before he was trying to figure out how to be a pitcher, how to be a hitter, how to be a base runner, um, all those things. And so when you spread yourself that thin, it just makes it a little bit harder to be great at the one thing that you have decided you want to be. And I think scouts, coaches, you know, players, everybody saw that his best long-term uh, uh, position would, would be on the mound because he's so talented there. And so I think just the fact that he's had a chance to put all his focus there has, has sped up his progress. With 
Braylon at shortstop. How have you seen him progress from this point last year when he clearly wasn't the shortstop to now when he clearly is a shortstop? And how 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 good do you feel about him and, and what he's been able to do coming into this season? Yeah, well, I feel great about him. Um, and the comparison is night and day, John. I mean, it's last year at this time we thought, okay, he's a very good second baseman, um, but his arm needs to be on the right side of the field. And uh, but. For whatever reason, he came back after he decided to come back and forego the draft um, after being drafted by the Phillies. He came back on a mission that he wanted an opportunity to be the shortstop. And from day one, he's just been incredible. The range, the arm accuracy, the, the uh, reliability of the hands is just at a level that I've seen very few times. And I've been fortunate that to coach multiple major league shortstops. And he's playing defense at a level the same or better than those guys. And so uh, he's been everything we could have hoped for. Uh, truthfully, it's a little bit, it's been surprising because we've had him for a while and he just has never played defense like this. He's played it at second base where he's a very reliable and has made some uh, highlight plays at second base, but he never showed the arm strength and accuracy on a consistent basis for us to slide him to the left side. This year he's done that. Uh, you didn't get to see Caleb Denny in the fall, but now that you have watched him in scrimmages, I know he hit a couple homers. How do you kind of feel like he's progressed since he got to campus, and where do you see him fitting in? Uh, very well. He's been one of our best hitters th this spring. Uh, gives you great at-bats. Uh, he's a tough out, but he also has really good power. Um, I think you'll see him hitting, if not the t towards the top of the order, he'll hit in the first five spots somewhere. Um, we're still discussing that, but he's one of our better hitters uh, this spring, and so I would anticipate him building on what he did last year. Last year he was a double-digit double home run guy, hit 330, 50-plus RBIs, so I think he's a, he's a great addition for us. How good has the competition been throughout the spring with guys battling for different positions and you know guys battling for roster spots you know, in the bullpen or rotation or you know, whatever you may have it? It's been very good, you know, and, and the one thing we know that uh, – I heard a good friend of mine, Gino Damari from Miami, uh, talk this week, and he said, you know, as they're competing in the spring in practice, it's all great because they all get to play every day and they're competing hard with, with and against each other. Um, starting Friday, we have to split that in half, and only half the guys get to be in the lineup. So uh, I think that part of it will be a challenge just for the guys handling disappointment that maybe they're not playing as much as they want to right now. Um, but what we hope is that they take the right attitude, and the guys that aren't playing continue to work to get in the lineups to push the guys that are getting that opportunity. And like I mentioned before, everything we're doing is, is current, not necessarily permanent. You mentioned a couple positions you might platoon, especially early in the season at third base and catcher. How do you kind of evaluate those two going into opening weekend? And is that are those two spots that you might trial and error? Maybe a few guys there, of course, the first few. Well, you could see some different things and. A platoon is not necessarily always a one-for-one one at a position. In other words, let's, let's use Brewer in right field, for example. Um, he may be in a platoon with a different position rather than right field. So you may see you know, third base is a position where we have a number of guys trying to get that playing time. Um, and so if we face a lefty or a righty, that may determine we bring a lefty out. This guy goes to play third, which means if a Carson Horning is DHing, he may go to the outfield, which may slide a guy there. So there are a lot of moving pieces. Uh, you mentioned the catching position. Uh, Messina and Lee Croy are both more than capable of, of being in the lineup offensively and defensively every day, and they probably will be. Uh, so we didn't necessarily always feel that that would be the case, but they both developed really well 
they both deserve to be on defense and uh, in the lineup every day. So that could affect you know, potentially the third base position or the first base position because on days Messina catches, maybe Lee Croy's at third, Cassis is uh, at first base, and a hoarding maybe DHing. But when you want to put Lee Croy behind the plate, Messina has to go somewhere. Maybe it's to first base. Maybe Cassis goes to DH. Maybe Horning goes to the outfield. And so Brewer, by extension, is affected there. So it's not always just a one-for-one one platoon. It's, it's this piece might affect three other pieces in the lineup. So that's why, as coaches, we're having conversations every day. If this, then that. If this happens, what does this move mean? So it's something we talk about all the time. Thank you. Uh, I've got two for you. Um, this might have already been touched on before, but so I apologize. Uh, who's going to be your base coaches? How, how this, how's that going to line up? Uh, Wingo at third and Alec Boychuk, our student assistant coach, uh, will be at first. And your thoughts on the SEC's timing rules mm -hmm. and who's how, who's keeping the time? I mean, how are you going to yeah. know what's, what's – Yeah, the umpires will, will be keeping it, but you'll also see a clock out in left center field. And so that's, I think everybody is in a wait and see mentality, players, coaches, umpires. You, I think you'll see some umpires really enforce that very strictly. And I think you'll see some umpires give you a little bit more time to uh, account for it or uh, adjust to it. I think we just have to figure it out as we go. Um, our guys have been explaining the rules. They know, you know there's a certain number of pickoffs. You get one reset at a batter. It's 20 seconds per batter. Um, now the pitching coaches even have a, a time that they have to get their mound visit on and off. Um, the hitter has to be within the batter's box within 10 seconds and, and set and ready to go. So there's a lot of, a lot of nuances to it that I think everybody in the game will have to just figure it out as we go. Yes. No, uh, same. Same. Two more for you as well, but the closer. Who, you guys pay extra for double the questions? I slide can a $10 bill okay. and make it work. I, with the closer position, I know bullpen roles are still kind of being defined. Who do you look at as maybe some of those back-end guys from what you've seen through these preseason scrimmages? Yeah, great question. Um, again, we, we're looking at it. Most topics we have, we look at from more than one angle. And so one angle when you look at the back of the bullpen is who are the incumbents, who are the guys that have done it for you in the past. Obviously, Kate Austin has had a lot of great moments for us in the back of the bullpen. Uh, Nick Proctor is a guy we brought in from California. Uh, that has been really effective in the back of the bullpen. And so you kind of know where their, where their level is in terms of what they've done for you in the past. But you also balance that with who else do we have that might even do that well or take it even to a better level. And so we've talked about Becker. We've talked about Jerzenbeck. Um, all those guys are in contention, you know, for guys that may be finishing out the game. I, we're not ready to name a, a pure one-inning closer right now. I think we have too many guys that are capable of doing it. And then we just need to see what it looks like when the lights go on. Because it could be any of those guys. You mentioned doing a bunch of team building stuff and the Sanders, Mahoney's, Halls, Wimmers of the world taking on leadership roles. Where are you in terms of your comfortability with this leadership group going into the season? Very good. Very good. Again, we from day one, we've told them, we, coaches, we want to feed this thing. But the players, you're going to have to lead it. All good teams are, are, have good, strong locker rooms, have guys that hold each other accountable. Um, as coaches, you enforce your rules and, and make sure that everything's being done right. But you want, you want your messages to be echoed in the locker room, and you want guys to rely on each other in the locker room, on the field. That's how all the great teams are. You know, I'm sure Wingo and Morales and Roth and those guys, they all held each other accountable. Coach Tanner was kind of there at the top to make sure that everything was running appropriately. 
but in that locker room, those guys were pushing each other, and that, that's what we want, and I feel good about those guys that you've mentioned, uh, on top of Noah Hall as well, and there are others. Are T and the kids excited about the season? I know that they're getting the kids are getting older and they've got their own sports going on. But what's their support like during the grind of the college baseball season? Yeah, uh, good question. That's the first time my family's been asked about here. So you must be writing that article that I heard about. <laughs> um, no, as coaches, you better have great wives. First of all, wives that understand why you're always away why you come home uh, stressed out sometimes, why you're distracted at the dinner table and thinking about other things and not being present. So our families, you know, I, I speak, I think, on behalf of all the coaches here, we have great wives and great families that they may not love what we do, but they sure as heck are great support systems for us. And so it's up to us as coaches to try to separate the two when we do go home, and that's always easier said than done. But I can speak for my wife. I'm, I'm blessed with my wife and the support she's always given me, and same with our kids, and I know our other coaches feel the same. Mark, I believe you guys were one over the roster limit. Are you all down to, to size? Yes, we are. Uh, we, we, made the, we turned in the final roster today, and uh, there's nothing of note there. Uh, Connor Furman is, is actually going to have a knee procedure, um, which, which, gives him, uh, which gives our roster a waiver. So. There technically there are no uh, cuts that we had to make because of that. And really off topic here, but uh, back in the fall, I asked you about walk-up music. Yeah. When you played, or as you've coached, what's been the most? What did you use as a player if you did? And what were your most memorable ones that you've heard as a coach? That's a well uh, memorable. There's so many memorable. So sometimes you love them, sometimes you hate them, sometimes you roll your eyes at them. The last walk-up song I remember having um, had a couple. Remember, there was one, there was a, a, called song, a song called Coming Home from Kiss, which, you know, it was, it was kind of cheesy. Um, love, love, Rolling Stones. Um, what was the song that was in The Departed uh, from The Rolling Stones? Somebody help me out here. Uh, come on. Come on. Once you figure it out, you can put that in your article. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. It's on, it's on my phone. But there was a Rolling Stones that I thought had a really good hook to it. I'll have a two-parter for you. I'm sorry in advance. Uh, what's your favorite part about opening day? Favorite part about opening day is just getting to see a packed ballpark, uh, getting to see the, the decorations that go up, getting to see the excitement in our players' faces, knowing that everything they worked for for the last nine months, they're getting to now go on the field and, and see their improvements and, and see the, the new excitement. Um, just to see what it all looks like, you know, and then with that comes, okay, we'll have to make adjustments as we go, but I just love opening day because it means spring is here. It means uh, you get to watch your guys really be happy about all the work they've put in. And then what are your thoughts on the celebratory props that you guys have had over the years with the scythe and the coonskin cap last year? Well, if the guys like it, I mean, again, I, I've been asked this question how have I changed over the years I think I've been a little bit more relaxed in those things I used to be very much a micromanager and we're going to do things you know very old school and so I still believe in the old school values and, and ethics and all those things but uh, I'm, I'm not against letting the guys have a little fun and be loose and enjoy their time so as long as it's within reason it doesn't disrespect the game or the opponent and the umpires um, I've gotten a little bit more relaxed in those areas. UMass Lowell, uh, early 
thoughts on on them what you've seen from them know about them going into the year that catches your eye yeah well it's a team there was one win from the ncaa tournament last year it's a team that steals a lot of bases it's a team that has uh, put their closer into the rotation it's a team that has a couple guys uh, in the middle of the lineup that are proven uh, run producers so i think it's very important to know that in college baseball now that everybody has gotten good the floor for every team has gotten higher because they're older, because of the transfer portal. So it's a team we will respect um, because of that, and we'll have to play our best baseball. And that's the answer I'll give you every time we play is that we have to play our best baseball to win. Mark, I know you mentioned Jacob Compton in that brace and being banged up a little bit. What's the timetable for him in terms of being able to return? And and once he does, what does his role maybe look like? Yeah, well, the next step for Jacob is just to get the brace off and have the doctor look at how the healing has, uh, has proceeded. And then from there, we'll have a better idea. Um, I mean, I'm hoping maybe a month from now, he's swinging the bat and, and itching to try to get some playing time. Um, but we're still a little bit away from knowing that for sure. We've heard a lot about Beck as a freshman pitcher. How about some of your freshman position players? Has anybody really stepped up or caught your eye on these scrimmages going into that might compete for playing time immediately? Uh, I'd say the two guys that you need to be familiar with freshman-wise are Tippett and Petrie. Um, Tippett brings a really cool skill set to the to the field. He's a winner. He's got big-time tools. Uh, he's a switch hitter. Uh, he can play anywhere on the field. You could see him at third shortstop, second base, center field. Um, he can play anywhere on the field. He's a switch hitter. He can really run. He can steal a base for you. Uh, so I think he's a guy you'll see inserted uh, early on at, in different spots, and we'll see how it goes from there. And then Petri's a guy that came in with a lot of notoriety. Um, has has had some great moments here, you know, on this stage, and has struggled a little bit, like all freshmen do. Um, but he's a guy that we were very high on from a potential standpoint. And when the light goes on, um, it, that'll be up to him and, and for us to figure out what's the what's the right what's the right situation to put him in and let him grow.